0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC, let's give it up for Jesus. Y'all sound like y'all came ready for church. Man, we're so excited you guys are here. Welcome, welcome. Well, you've been in the Soundtrack Series. We're going to be wrapping it up today. And how many guys ever looked at your parents and you're like, now I know where I got that from? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, so I'm a lot like both of my parents. Uh, so uh, so my, my, there are two different approaches. Um, my dad is the, uh, Pastor Dan, he's kind of, he's the gangster. Uh, we call him the Italian mobster. He's got the hair and everything. So, uh, <clears throat> and so I get, I get my intensity from my dad. Uh, so he's always intense. He's a one-track thinker. Boom. Whatever he's thinking, whatever he's thinking about right then, is the only thing that matters. Everything else is he doesn't really even see it. He doesn't know it exists except for that thing. Um, but he's intense, man. And uh, when I'm when I'm in church mode or or work mode, like that's me. I'm intense. Like let's get it. We're going to change the world, son. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to go through hell with a squirt gun. Whatever. Like I am in it. But when I'm outside of church. I am so much like my mom, it's scary. Because my mom don't care about nothing. Like, she should probably care more about some things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, she, she doesn't care about anything, and that is so me. If I'm not in charge of something, I have no desire to be part of decision-making for it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, people are like, what do you want to do? And you're like, ah, I just, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, And that's my mom. We've always said a tree could fall through the roof. She'd just be in the living room like, well, there's a hole in the roof. Somebody ought to get to that eventually. Like she just doesn't care about anything. Um, So I'm like both of my parents uh, in that way. And so, uh, but, but here's what I've realized is when we look at the next generation, we can oftentimes look at what our parents have done and how they were, and we can kind of see where some of these things come from. And, and today I want to talk to you about the next generation. I've been, I've took seven weeks and I've talked to you about changing your soundtracks. I've talked to you about changing the way that you think, changing the music that plays in the background of your thoughts that oftentimes dictates how you think. It's been shaping this narrative for you. And today I wanna give you one more reason. If if I haven't convinced you in seven weeks, I wanna give you one more reason this week on why you need to change your soundtracks. And it's very simple, it's because of this. You need to change your soundtracks so that you can change the soundtracks of the generation after you. That the way you think and how life is for you, listen, is going to impact the next generation. And if you don't change your soundtrack, it's gonna impact the next one. And so we want to talk to you about that today. And uh, there's this, there's a, there's a group, there's an age group called Gen Z. uh, And Gen Zers are, uh, they're, they're born between 1995 and 2015. Uh, They heard about 9-11 in history books. Uh, And so let that sink in for a second. Um, It's uh, anyways. All right. So, but they are, uh, they are between the ages of eight and 28 years old. And Gen Z is an interesting generation because they are the first generation to not know what it looked like to live without the internet or at least slow internet. Come on, how many of y'all remember where I came for the <coughs> internet, all right? Before text message, there was AOLIM, okay? So. That's a, that's that's all. They're the first generation to not really know about those things. They are, uh, they they are, an interesting generation. But here's the thing about Gen Z, uh, they they spend on average four hours a day on their smartphones. They're being discipled by technology and an overload of information that has not been fact checked. They are being driven uh, by a secular society more than any other generation in history. And so what we see out of Gen Z is that they are placed at what some pastors and religious people would call a desperate disadvantage. They are also, there is a percentage, they say that approximately 70 to 75% of Gen Zers will, by the time they hit 30 years old, be atheist and no longer believe in God. And to me, that's a serious issue because that means that there is a whole generation of people that we need to put some work into making sure we reach. You guys with me on that? And if you'll give me permission, I need to preach a little bit today. Can I do, can I, is that okay with you guys? Like I need to, I I love feel good messages. I love to make you feel good today. Come back next week. I'll give you one of them. All right. (laughs) Today I need to give you some truth, but how many guys know truth can bring about change? And so we need to, I, I, if you'll give me permission, I'll preach, and then next week I will feel good. Next week's Vision Sunday, so you're going to feel great next, next week because we're casting all kinds of vision. But here's the thing I believe about Gen Z. Everyone says it's a problem, that they're a problem. That every And, and, and I love what every generation says because they say, everyone in the generation says that the next generation is going to be terrible, but they forget who raised them. There's no hope for this next generation. And it's like, well... But here's what I would contend. You ready? I would say it's not a problem, it's an opportunity. I would say the next generation is not a problem. They are an opportunity because the light shines brightest in the darkness. And so if we can make an impact in the next generation, we can see amazing things happen. And in the Bible, there is a man, he, his name is Nehemiah. And so to give you kind of a history lesson before we go to the scripture passage, he is—he he comes in and Israel, the nation of Israel in the Bible during this time has been decimated. They, they, they've they been leveled, they like they've been at war and, and the walls for their city have been torn down. Down. Um, it's kind of the last story chronologically in the Bible before Jesus shows up. And so they, the walls have been torn down. And, and in, in the Bible, and just in general, walls are meant to protect. They're meant to fortify. They're meant to make strong, to, to make sure that things can, can continue forward. They're the systems and, the, and everything that society needs. And in this particular case, the walls were torn down. And they did not have what they need to be able to thrive as a nation. And Nehemiah takes it upon himself. And he goes before the king and he says, I want to go back and I want to rebuild the walls of my nation. If no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. And God is sending me. And today I am asking transformation church to channel the spirit of Nehemiah to say this generation is not lost. Their walls have just been torn down. But I believe I can't speak for every church, but I wanted to get into the heart of transformation church this morning that we as a church, not just parents as a church are going to step into the spirit of Nehemiah to say, let's build up what everyone else is saying is torn down. Y'all better get better at what y'all are doing, because I'm doing real good at what I'm doing. (laughs) Nehemiah 414, he goes before the ruler's After I looked things over. In other words, he took an assessment. He looked the same way. We're we're looking at a generation. We're taking an assessment. We're we're seeing that all these disadvantages. He, he, He looked things over. He stood up in front of the nobles, in front of the congregation, in front of the people and the officials and the rest of them. And he says, do not be afraid of them. And I contend to you, let's not be afraid of what they might be. Let's start to declare what they will be. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and listen, listen, listen. Fight for your families. Fight for your families—your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. There was a. There, Nehemiah was contending. Let's let's change the generational soundtrack. Let's let's shift what is happening. And so for your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes, let's do this. And so here's the thing that I would contend to you because their society says that Gen Z does not care what we do. They they, they don't want us to invest in them. They don't they don't think we care about them. They listen, but I, I would I would say this. This generation wants us to fight for them. This generation wants us to fight for them. As a matter of fact, we uh, got with our middle school and high school students to have them fill out a survey. And they filled it out anonymously. And here's the thing we asked them. What is it that you wish your parents knew about you? What is it you wish your parents knew about you? And we got amazing results. And I just want to give some of them to you because there's some of them I can't even show you. Like you, you can't handle what some of these students wrote on paper. But I want to show you some of the results because I want to show you these Gen Zers want us to fight for them. They want it. When the whole world is saying they don't care, no, 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 they care. I I want to show you something. He said, I wish my parents knew even though I put them through hell, they're the most important people in my life. I, I, I wish my parents knew how I act sometimes is just how I feel, and it's not a reflection of how much I love them. So many parents, you, you think that how your kids are acting is a reflection of how they feel about you. No, 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 no. It's just how they feel in general, but they love you, and they want, to, you, they want you to know that. Matter of fact, how many times are you at work and something happens, and you need to process your feelings as an adult before you handle situations, but some of us want a 13, 14, or a 19-year-old to be able to instantly know how they feel and respond to you appropriately. You can't respond to your boss properly, but you want your child to respond to you properly. I wish my parents knew that I could be the person they wanted me to be if they would be it first. Does this sound like a generation that doesn't care? Or does it sound like a generation that's crying out, Show me the way? Like I wanna see it, right? I, I would know what road to take if you would take it before me. I wish my parents knew that they had no idea how hard it is for me sometimes, and that I pretend that I'm okay to protect them. I, w- I wish my parents knew. I wish my parents knew. When they say things in anger, it really messes me up. I wish my parents knew how the words they spoke to me growing up still affect me. Like things that you've spoken out of your mouth, parents, to your 13, 14 or eight year old, changes the way they see themselves even right now. Some, some of them even said the things that were spoken over me when I was six years old still make me make different decisions today, good and bad. Right? Right? The things that they say in anger, it really messes me up. The next one, I wish my parents knew that even though I stay in my room, I never want them to stop asking me to hang out with them. you, You think that they don't want to be bothered, but they do. And even though they don't say yes, they never want to stop being invited. Right? I wish my parents knew how to tell me the right things to do, instead of just telling me all the wrong things I'm doing. The, that's the generation that's saying, help me. I want to know the right. Don't just tell me when I'm wrong. Show me when I can be right. Show me how to change the direction. This one, this one, I read it and it got me and then my wife read it last night on the porch and it got her as well. I wish my parents knew how much I cry. And, and lastly, I wish my parents knew how much I wanted their advice even when I acted like I couldn't care less. Does that sound like a generation that doesn't care? Or does it sound like a generation that wants us to fight for them? I said, does it sound like a generation that wants us to fight for them? And I want to look at our students over here. I know most of you are here. I know some of you are around, around here. But our, oh, most of our students sit over here. Which if you're a student, you need to start sitting over here. All right. But I want, you to, I want to tell all of you teenagers, we're going to fight for you. Like We are going to fight for you. We believe in you. And so I want to, I just want to give you a little bit, I want to kind of set the trajectory and then I'm going to preach a little bit at the end. You guys okay with that for today? I know it's different, um, but I just want to kind of, I want to give you some information about what we as a church are doing. Without a plan, you get nowhere. I want to show you our plan And and then I'm going to invite you into the space to help us. The first thing I want you to understand uh, about TC is our TC kids, which our TC kids are phenomenal. Uh, Our TC kids' teachers and leaders and dream teamers are amazing. Uh, We love them so much. And here's some of the things that happen in TC kids that we want you to know about as parents. First of all, they they have engaging praise and worship. They actually worship to the same things we worship to in here. So they literally stream our worship into there and they worship to what we're worshiping to. And it's amazing because every once in a while I'll peek in there before I come in here and they got their hands lifted and little kids are going in on worship to the same, like it's our team just in there and they're worshiping Jesus and loving Jesus over there. And I'm going to tell you, some of you parents better watch out. You better watch out because your kids are going to come in here worshiping better than you. Some of y'all got coffee cup hand instead of worship hand. Your kids are going to come in both hands up. You're, you're not going to, all right. They got small group ministry. They do small groups. over. So when they do after praise the word, they break into groups. They understand groups and community and how, how that works. And then we also have guided curriculum, um, which I'm going to talk about in just a minute when I get to the students and we can help you understand what that looks like. There's a guided curriculum where we, every age bracket of children in our church from literally preschool all the way through college age, we have a way that we can know exactly where that kid is at in their spiritual journey or, or young adult, college adult, um, is at in their spiritual. Journey we'll talk about in a second. Next is TC students. Um, yeah. TC students, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. My people. All right. And uh, so they have uh, weekly gatherings. So every Wednesday night they gather here at the church, but they also have small groups all around uh, the city. And so they have uh, tons of things happening weekly gatherings. Um, and I just gave the green light. Just gave the green light. Just gave the green light. Uh, so on the first Wednesday night of the month, we have first Wednesday. Everyone, students, adults, everybody comes in here. We just gave the green light. We're changing uh, the students' layout. And on the starting in 2024, the second Wednesday night of the month, they're going to be going to a motion night, which they're going to have live praise and worship, preaching. It's going to be a mini conference the second Wednesday of every month. And so we're going to be, uh, we're going to, we're, we're going to hit the whole thing, man. We're going to hit it running. And so they're going to bring their friends. We're going to bring the gospel every second Wednesday. We're going to start seeing some teenagers get saved in Jesus' name through the power of the gospel. We also have six pillars curriculum. Uh, Let me just break that down for you real quick. So essentially what we've done is taken every age bracket. So we have preschool, we have uh, elementary age, we have middle school, then we have ninth and 10th grade, and we have 11th and 12th grade. All of those are segmented. And we've built six pillars. We've gotten with Nate, our student's director. We've gotten with Crystal, our TC Kids director. Um, And what we've done is we've, and then actually also into college. So college age, we're doing this as well. We've taken and we've broken it down. What are the six things in each age bracket that if they if they were discipled in these six things, they would be a fully devoted follower of Christ for that age bracket. And now now we're building it into our software and our church management system, so we know where every single person is in our church. In the discipleship process so we can look at them and say they understand about dating and they understand about shame but they don't know how to honor their parents yet that's what we're going to work on we're going to help them start honoring their parents and we can identify all the pillars and if we that way if we know they've been discipled in all six pillars for that age bracket they're ready for the next age bracket and we can take account knowing we build a systematic structure to know where every single child is in our church so we're not going to hope they got discipled we're going to know they got discipled y'all with me today excited and then leadership development we want to start we are going to start putting teenagers in more leadership positions around here we're not waiting for them to be the church by god you are the church and we're proud of you so let's do it all right and then because here's the deal and, and here's some things parents i want to tell you this right it's stop trying to suppress evil it's time to elevate good Parents, for some of you, you've been trying to, you just keep telling them, hey, don't do this and don't do this don't do this. Listen, let's start elevating the good in their life. Can we do that, right? I would even challenge some of you parents this. However much money you currently put into extracurriculars, divide it in half and put half of it in missions and half of it into their extracurriculars and start taking your kids on mission trips every year and watch them change. It'll change their whole life. Next is College ministry. This is one that we're currently working on. We've been having big conversations about this. And so I will have an answer for 2024 for this um, as far as who's going to be leading this. But in our college ministry, what's great about TC is like we're a young church anyway. So if you're 23 years old, you don't need a special ministry. You can just show up on Sundays and we do our thing. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, uh, but but we want to get something special because we want to do three things. One, we're going to start getting into on-campus ministry. And so we want to start putting groups at UWF, at Pensacola State College. We're going to start going into these places. We want to launch groups on campus so that we can start making impact there. We're developing a six pillars curriculum for college as well. And so we want to know what it looks like for you to be a fully devoted follower of Christ in your college age. All right. And so some of the some of the ways that looks like is very spiritual. So, um, you know, re- rebuking shame, overcoming insecurity, but. Listen, some of it's about your money. Like we want to teach some of you how to buy your first home before you turn 25 or 28. We want to teach some of you what it looks like to build a budget and stick to it so that you can be financially free. As Dave Ramsey says, imagine what the people of God could do in the kingdom of God if they didn't have so much debt. How many of you in your 30s, 40s, and 50s wish somebody had sat down with you when you were 20 years old and taught you some things? And we're going to teach them to you. All right? So we want to help you get moving, and then we want to give you leadership opportunities. matter of fact, listen to me, some of you college-age people. God has put it in your heart to make a difference in the next generation, and I'm inviting you to say yes to it now. Like you have the ability to serve with kids or with teenagers. Like for some of of you college age women, God wants to use you to teach some high schoolers all the things that you couldn't figure out and had no one to teach you. And I'm inviting you to say yes to it. You can call to Nate and Leah in the lobby and they can get you moving in that direction. But let's do it because we want to fight for this generation. And so how do we do it? How do we do it? I want to give you the roadmap. Those are the things happening right now for for our Gen Zers. We love you uh, as a church. And so, um, But what does it look like? I want to give you three things that we can do together to make it possible. You guys with me today? All right, I'll yell at you for a few minutes. All right, number one, let's pray for this generation. I'm calling for the spirit of Nehemiah to raise up in our church. And the first thing we're going to do is pray. We've got to pray for this generation. The biggest difference between the best I can do and the best God can do is prayer. When I give it to God, he can do things that I can't do. Because here's the deal. And, and, and what are those prayers? What are we asking you to pray? I want to give this to you. And a matter of fact, these are the three things that my parents prayed over me um, growing up. And the first one, we want to pray for them to fear and have reverence for God. Like to fear God. Not fear God in shame, but fear what it would be like to not have God with us. We want to have, have a fear of the Lord I, I want students, I, I remember being a youth pastor, I had a, a, a teenager go to a, a party one time, even though I told them not to, they went anyways, they're like, Oh no, 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 I'm strong enough, I can handle it, I can be there. And I was like, All right. And I remember they called me at 1.30 in the morning and I answered the phone, somebody better be dead. I said, Pastor Brad, I went to this party, and, and I thought I could do it, but I can't do it, and they're, they're, they're smoking some stuff, and, and there's, there's, this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to walk home. I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to walk home. And I was like, well, hold on. Where is the party, and where is home? And they told me where the party was, and I was like, okay, where is home? And they told me where home was, and I said, brother, you are not walking that and I drove at 1.30 in the morning to go pick them up and take them. And a matter of fact, their parents were going to be so angry. They came to my house. We took them to Waffle House. Then I took them to my house. We got home at 4 a.m. And I had to be at work at 7 the next day. And I was just like, don't you ever do this. No, i But listen, listen, we had been praying God put a fear of God in their hearts. And they they got into a position where they realized this isn't where God wants me. And they were already hearing God on the inside. What was God doing? He was answering the prayer. God put fear into their hearts. Not, Not scared of you, scared of what it might be like to not have you. So we want to pray for that Psalm 3411. Come, my children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Next, we want to pray for them to be surrounded with divine favor, divine favor. One of the things my dad has always told me is that the favor of God is more valuable than wealth. And I've watched, I've, you know what? We don't own beach houses and condos. We're not millionaires, but we got a lot of millionaire friends with beach houses and condos they don't live at. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We, get, we got a lot of free vacations we can have. I don't need to own it to be able to visit it. Praise God. All right? And I ain't got to pay insurance on it. Like You know what I'm talking about? Listen, you need to help make sure your kids realize when God does something in their life, it's because he has favor. What are we looking for? Answered prayer. Psalm 512. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield need to be like help we need to help the next generation understand when something great happens in their life it wasn't an accident it was because God gave them favor in their life listen and some of us need to realize that as adults that when good things are happening it's because God's making good things happen and we need to acknowledge that and then last but not least we need to pray that God would bring godly friends and influences into their life show me your friends and I'll show you your future and we need to be praying that the next generation of God, bring godly friends, godly influences. Because how many of you guys know the enemy is going to be placing people as well? Listen, young people, the enemy is, has a plan for your life just like God does. And one's to wreck you and the other one's to make you. And we need to see, we need to pray that for godly influences. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And I, and I have in my, in my life, I have had so many people, my, my father has prayed this over me and my brothers uh, and my brother and my sisters. And, and, and here's one thing I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. It works. I'm gonna say it again. Praying these things and doing these things, taking these three action steps, it works. Me, my sisters, my brother, all of us are in church. We love God. We're serving God. Are we perfect? Of course. No. <laughs> We are not perfect. Have my parents been perfect? No. Are they naive to think that we didn't get into trouble? No. So they got the call from the cops on a few of them. So they know we got in trouble. What I'm saying is they didn't, they didn't have to parent perfectly and we didn't have to be perfect kids for God to do what he did with our life because they committed to these things. And so I'm inviting you to say yes to what we're talking about today. And I remember growing up and, and uh, I would have uh, different pastors would just call me randomly. I'm talking... 18 years old, 21 years old, 28 years old, 30 years old. Even one of them just called me again last week and he calls me. And even for me, like even at 35 and 36, we're pastoring this church and God's doing amazing things here. But there are seasons that you go through where you look in the mirror and go, God, I don't know if I'm the guy. Like, I feel like maybe we would be better if I, if it was someone else or, 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 or you get an email from somebody that tells you you're the worst person in the world and those are always fun to read as a pastor because, you know, for obvious reasons. And so uh, you go through things and, and so sometimes you just get into self-doubt and, and then without fail this past week or two weeks ago, Uh, Pastor Mark, one of Pastor Dan's great friends, calls me on the phone and man, he just starts speaking life into me over and over and over again. He's like, you're the man of God for this hour. You're gonna help change a generation. People are listening to you that you've never even met. You're gonna get to heaven one day. You're gonna stand on a hillside and God's gonna show you the thousands upon thousands of people that were impacted because you said yes to the call of ministry. Don't you ever doubt yourself. Don't you ever think twice about what God called you to do. You're commissioned, you've been given the gifts, you've been given the talents, you're anointed. Keep saying yes, because you'll never know what God's going to do in your life. Keep going, because you're going to change your city, and your city's going to change the world. Never stop moving forward, because you got this. I called my dad. I said, did you call Pastor Mark and tell him to call me? He said, I didn't call him. I said, well, he's been reading my mail. Listen to me. Listen to me. What's God doing? Answering the prayer of a father. That's saying, when I can't speak into his life, put somebody else there that will. Parents, pray. Church, let's pray that God will put the right people. This isn't just for parents. This is for our church to be in the spirit of Nehemiah. Our church has to rebuild the walls. We're going to do this collectively. This isn't just for the parents of Gen Zers. This is for everybody in the church. you got a role to play in this. And let's make it part of our prayer. And the next thing we got to do, friends, is we got to prioritize church. We need to prioritize church. listen. I grew up, we didn't have conversations about whether or not we were going to church. Like we did not, we, there, was, there was no like, how do you feel today, honey? It didn't happen. The light switch on, be ready in 15 minutes. And if you weren't ready, you were going however you looked. So that only happened once or twice before you like, man, I look busted in this joint. Let me start getting myself together because you never know when you're going to find your future spouse at the church. You know what I'm doing? Anyway, that's different. That's different. That's different. We didn't have conversation. I remember going on vacation to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We were there on a Sunday. My dad had the yellow pages out, if that tells you when this was. <laughs> yellow pages out. looking He found three churches and he went and drove to them on the Saturday, the day before, picking which church we were going to go to on Sunday because we went to church. We uh, listen to me. We went to church, and some of you parents, and some of you Gen Zers, and just everybody. We got to reprioritize church again. We need uh, this. Is, this is one of the things we need to get a little bit old school again on. Because if you don't prioritize it, your children won't think of it at all. Luke four eighteen, Jesus he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Listen to me. Jesus went to church. Christian means little Christ to be Christ-like. And if Christ went to church, go to church. Matter of fact, I'm just going to look in the camera. I'm going to say this right now. I think all pajama Christians need to come back to church. Friends, it's been three years been three years. Put on your clothes and come back. So I, all right. I'm serious. Pastor, why am I? So, we get emails. Why am I so depressed? Why do I got so much anxiety? I just feel so alone. I don't come to church on Sundays, but I feel so alone. Do you wonder why your car doesn't work when you put don't put gas in it either? Like what do I don't how are we not connecting dots, friends? I'm done. Listen, parents, I'm gonna speak to you parents for just a second. You need you need to stop letting anything take priority over your kids being in church. Anything. Matter of fact, I, I put it like this. There's not a single thing God wants to give your child that they would obtain by missing church. If God wants them to have that baseball scholarship, they're going to get it. They don't need to miss church for it. If they're going to get that scholarship or that cheerleading, whatever, or that volleyball, whatever, listen to me, listen to me. They don't need to miss church to get it. Don't miss God and then pray for God to give them the thing that you want him to give them when they weren't there. Okay. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope. Listen, some of us are, are living our life swervingly. Oh, I don't feel good today. I got a headache. Let's just, let's just pajama it. And you know what? I'm not trying to beat people up online. I'm just telling you, some of you are just, you've gotten lazy in your faith. Everyone, in, everyone improved their online experience. And you're like, this is great. And we did too. But listen to me, we need to stop being unswervingly. I remember I started playing drums in church and God used drums in worship to save my life. He really did. And I remember, I remember showing up and playing drums and I was so sick with food poisoning. There was the door of our drum booth. You could go straight out the back door of the church. So if you opened that door, you were in the backyard of the church. And I remember playing a song, poking my head out the door, throwing up, closing it and playing the next song. I remember it and we got people that are like I don't think I'm gonna go today my head kind of hurts okay I'm okay but in a month from now when your kid gets arrested God I don't know where we went wrong I do because here's the way I would put it if you wouldn't miss work for it don't miss church for it You're welcome. <laughs> let us hold on swervingly. Let's stop living swervingly. No, no, no. This is who we are. This is what we do. In my house, we it was what we did. It wasn't like a conversation about This is what we do. This is who we are. Hebrews 10, 23, 24, it goes on to say, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching how many guys know it's getting crazy out there we need to be together more than we're apart friends we need like we gotta man that's we just gotta we gotta prioritize that let's do it can we do that we gotta prioritize this thing man keep saying yes listen some of you you didn't mean you didn't need a message today (laughs) you needed a hug come on some of y'all needed a handshake Some of y'all just needed to be in the lobby. Some of y'all needed to be next to the crazy person during praise and worship. Some of y'all came in just like this, and you're you're looking at the person next to you like, (laughs) right? Some of y'all just needed to be picked up a little bit. Come on, praise God. Like, we need to be here, right? And then I'll give you this. We'll get ready to wrap up. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. You guys with me today? We can make a difference. Next, let's participate in the development of the younger generation. So we need to pray. We need to prioritize. And then we need to participate. Go all throughout the Bible, the book of Titus. This generation teaches the next generation what's happening. They're, they're invested in the development, participating in the development. Even Paul had a young man named Timothy. Paul speaks to Timothy in 2 Timothy three fourteen. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Paul is speaking to Timothy. What is he doing? Pouring into the next generation. He's he's giving them life. He's speaking this over them, right? That's why uh, we see God wants us to take the next step. Next. But how do we do that? I want to give you three things. Number one, be an example to them. Be an example to them. We need to set the example for our teenagers. Like we said, some of the teenagers said, I wish my parents knew to be what they wanted, to, to be what they wanted me to be first. Titus 2, 6 through 7. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything, set them an example by doing what is good. You want to know what's not good enough for our, our our kids nowadays? Do what I say and not what I do. That doesn't work. It goes on to say: in your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. Next, we need to be available for them. Be available for them. I remember growing up, my parents, we, we had this unspoken thing that happened in our house. It was never a rule. We never set it in stone. It just kind of happened. And it was one of those deals where if we were ever, if we were ever uh, sitting at the table quietly, reflecting, one of our parents would just come up and, and they would sit down and and we would just start talking. It was almost like we needed someone to talk to, but we didn't say it out loud. You know how easy it would have been for my parents to just see us at the table and be like, that's peculiar, and then go into the living room and sit on the couch. But they would see us there, and I'll be honest with you, it was usually my mom. My dad, he was he's not really that dude necessarily. What's interesting though is now me and my dad, we went to lunch this past week. We talked about life and ministry. We have a connection now. Back then when we were younger, it was more my mom. My dad was kind of the, Y'all know what I'm talking about. My mom would come up and she would just hit you with a little back scratch. Can we, well, y'all know the mom back scratch? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. My mom, she would change. She, she, she would be available. Let's talk about that. And I'm talking. Let me go. I want to mention one thing. Talk about prayer. Listen, if, if you want, if pastor Dan will pray for you and he'll speak things in your life that you're like oh my gosh this dude knows me better than anybody else I don't know what how is it how it's because God's telling him that's how all right he's got this prophetic tone to him he'll just he starts speaking stuff and you're like whoa 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 but listen if you want something to change in your life you go to my mom my mom has a one-way connection to God in heaven with prayer it's unreal but if you ask her to pray for something you better get ready I'm not kidding. If you're like, hey, I think this person needs to be removed from my life, and you tell my mom that and ask her to pray, you better be ready to say goodbye. Because <laughs> God's to yank them up out of your life. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. She goes, if I would ever see my mom coming out of the room crying because she had been praying, all of us all her kids were like, oh God, well, you know, like <laughs> we, we we would start looking at each other, one of you often to get broke up with <laughs> You know <how> I'm not kidding, man. Y'all think I y'all think I'm joking? I am not joking. Ju- my mom has successfully prayed a relationship out of every one of my siblings' life, and my and mine included. She <laughs> and she wouldn't tell us until after it was done. Oh yeah, I was praying that was gonna end. Well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. My my mom has successfully wrecked tons of relationships. But they, but they needed to be wrecked, in all fairness. <laughs> a praying mama will change the world. And listen to me, an available father will change a life. I'm not, I hope y'all are getting this today. Psalm 90:12. teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. And listen, not count down our days, but make sure that our days count. Connecting to them. And then lastly, as we get ready to wrap up, I've gone over on time. Be positive about them. Be positive about them. Your kids, the next generation, they rarely are ignorant of the fact that they did something wrong. Come on, anybody? Anybody have to tell you you did the wrong thing? No. (laughs) You were just like, Ooh. And listen to me, God is asking, we need, to start, we need to start speaking life into this next generation. We need to start seeing who they can be, not just who they are. We, we, matter of fact, I, I, I said it like this. We need to start reminding them that what they did is not who they are. That might have been what you went through. That might have been what you did. But listen to me. I know who you are. You're a child of God. I remember, I remember getting in trouble. I got in so much trouble. But I remember getting in trouble one day, and it was the day that I actually thought my dad was going to kill me. I thought it was over. Like, I, I hope my mom's been praying for me to live because it was just, you know, and I was like, this is, this is the end. It's been real. I love everyone. I'm on my way out. That was how I felt. Um, and my dad walked up to me. And in the day, listen to me, the day that I thought, I saw the sunrise for the last time. He looked at me, he said, he said, I'm not ashamed of you, but you're a Livingston. And I really want you to start living like one. And it changed my life. Because he saw what I could be, he didn't just see what I did. And some of you, listen, we got to start making that declaration. So how do we do it? Again, this isn't a call to parents. This is a call to channel the spirit of Nehemiah as a church. If you are a 23 year old college student, we got some teenagers that need you to start a small group to lead them. Come see Nate and Leo when church is over and let's make it happen. If you're in your 30s, we got we need to start some groups about the six pillars of teaching college students the next wave of what needs to happen. When, wherever you're at, listen, we got we got some things we can change. God has given you gifts. It's time you start using them. Let's make a difference in the next generation. Let's rebuild the walls like Nehemiah and let's see a generation love God. All right? How do we do it? How do we do it? Let me give you this. It's very simple. Let's make the decision. Let's Let's fight for the next generation. Let's fight for this generation and see God transform hearts and lives. You guys with me today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. God, thank you that you've called us to be an impact in this next generation. We're not gonna sit idly by and complain about the thing we refuse to change. And so God, we say yes. Put a call on every person's heart in their life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, very quickly, church, I've gone over on time. If you're here today and you need Jesus, not just in your life, you need to give Jesus your life. You say, Brad, I know sin has separated me from God, but I'm ready to give God my life. If that's you today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me because God wants to give you a brand new start. Sin has separated you from God, but Jesus has paid the price for your sin that you can be forgiven. So let's pray this prayer as you surrender and the whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you my sins. Forgive you of my wrongs. I give you my life because I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I surrender. I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that today to celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you wanna connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.